Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Thanks a lot, UEFA. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in Ring RFC. I'm Ms. Okwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Not great, man. Not great. You even messed up the Champions League draw and had to redo it. They did. They did. Uh, and we had to re-record the podcast, so it means you have to do another edit, which is not ideal. We waited for the Champions League draw, the first one. We then recorded based on that Champions League draw. Did all the rest of the episode. And then as soon as we finished recording, I mean, we were talking about them potentially having to redo it throughout. And then uh, they did it. And it was a really good episode. It was probably, I think it might have been the best episode we've ever done, actually. What can we do? But it's not our fault. You know know whose fault it is. It's the fault of a technical problem with the software of an external service provider that instructs the officials as to which teams are eligible to play each other. So there was a material error that occurred in the draw for the UEFA Champions League round of 16. Please saying they got the job on a technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say park life. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Let's get this show on the road. First of all, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. Getting vaccinated if you can. Getting the booster if you can. Moose is all boosted up. I am, Boost, I am. Booster Kwanga in the house. The justice flows through my veins. Oh, yes. Good Lord. He's, uh, the takes are about to become even hotter. They are, powered, they are indeed. Do you know what they 5G. are, actually? Do you know why? Because I'm slightly cranky after this uh, re-record. So I'm going to be completely frank about what I think about this draw. Oh. And what I thought of the last one. What oh. I thought of the last one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going in. Musa right now looks like the uh, Musa is going to be like the angry lady, and I'm going to be like the cat across the table. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, Righty's house on Wednesday. Flo and myself will be joining Righty. We'll talk about the women's super league, so we're going to swerve that today. We'll also touch on a couple of other bits, and we'll talk about Raheem Sterling. Probably give flowers to Raheem. That'll be up on the Ring RC feed on Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday because there's a load of midweek games on this week, including women's Champions League final group games on Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll, I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. Might all be on Wednesday. I need to double check that. We'll, um, we'll touch on those. Um, other bits of admin, theringer.com forward slash soccer for all of your footballing slash soccer needs on the ringer. And Stadio Archers plays on Spotify. Uh, also, Stadio newsletter. Go to stadio.football. Scroll down to the bottom, pop your email address in. You'll get a confirmation email. So just check your spam or junk folder and yeah, get our weekly newsletter. I think that's everything. So today we're going to redo the draw stuff. We'll touch on that. We'll maybe look at the Europa League draw as well. And then we'll just quickly wrap up some stuff from the weekend that caught our eye. So let's get into it after this. Let's do it. You even never like being outdone, right? Right. So they were all watching this weekend. They looked at the FIA and they said, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So the original draw was quite fun. This new one, I think, is 
more fun? I think the last one was potentially extremely tedious. I think that PSG Manchester United, which is not at all the fault of the players, would have been one of the most tedious oh, experiences. Most unbearable Messi versus Ronaldo on Twitter, on social media, the debates would have been absolutely unbearable. And I'm so glad to see it gone. I'm so glad that tie has been memory hold. And we may yet see it again later on in the competition, but I'm so glad we're not seeing it now. Let me go on record. It, I'm though. delighted. You know who would have taken it? <laughs> What's that? Oh, no. Carlo Ancelotti. Carlo Ancelotti would have taken it. He would have taken it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He would have taken the, t- he would have taken the tedium. Yes, yes, yes. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. So let's, if you haven't, for whatever reason, seen the draw, let's rattle through the draw. If you've been under a Champions League sized rock, frankly, because everyone else has seen the draw. But yeah, let's get Maybe that it. asteroid actually hit. And we're actually all in another universe right now. Good point, actually. But in this universe, Ryan, the draw is as follows. Rebel Salzburg versus Bayern Munich. Sporting versus Manchester City. Benfica versus Ajax. Chelsea got Lille again. Atleti versus Manchester United. Villarreal versus Juventus. Inter versus Liverpool. PSG versus Real Madrid. Before we start, what's your tie of the round? Inter versus Liverpool. Is it? Yes. Inter Milan Liverpool is tasty. It is tasty because that Inter Milan team are punching very much at their weight, not above, at their weight because they're just really well coached. They're really impressive. Liverpool are looking extremely resilient, um, looking robust. In terms of the football, Inter Liverpool is the one for me. That's why I think it's going to be spiciest. I mean, we've got some narrative with PSG versus Real Madrid. Absolutely. But in terms of the quality of football, I'm looking at Inter Liverpool. Narrative, absolutely, is PSG Real. I mean, narrative, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a novel. PSG I'm, per, I'm actually quite looking forward to Atleti versus Manchester United. I'm looking for, oh, I'm looking, oh, listen, listen. No, not for quality, but for energy. So, okay, what we, what we assessing in terms of quality, Inter, in terms of heritage, grandiosity, Certainly that's Paris Madrid. Also, there's a high-speed train between the two, which is going to be wild because journalists are going to be loving that, loving that. I'm sure a couple of friends will be on that train. But for vibes, for energy, Atleti United is, oh. I think Atleti United has the potential to be like the final round of Squid Game. (laughs) Which I still haven't seen, but by all (laughs) accounts, by all accounts, if there was, if Squid Game was a manager... Metaphorically, not literally. The suffering is necessary. The suffering is necessary. The suffering is necessary and the suffering will be absolutely necessary in that tie because I think that everyone will suffer a little bit in a sporting sense. The incredible thing about this tie from Simeone's point of view is this gives him the negative energy he can generate. This gives him the dark matter he can accumulate for a Champions League run. I feel like this tie will give life to them, actually. I think it's spicy enough. You imagine the narratives he's building already. It made too good for us. Look at them. Even though like Aleti have got a load of money, the way he can build that narrative is now so powerful because they've lost to Bayern in the group stages. We've seen that. But Manchester United are a foe they don't encounter often enough so they can really build up a kind of a myth of the other. This is some powerful footballing populism that could be employed here. Just say they've lost to Bayern. They've lost, well, they've already encountered, but they've encountered Bayern quite recently, both in the knockout stages and in the group stages, right? True. So they're a known quantity, which is what they would have played before. Whereas Manchester United, Atleti, they don't encounter each other that often. And so it's a really good chance to build some, some siege mentality, I think, against them. Uh, it'll be the first time they've met since 1991, which was in the Cup Winners' Cup. Goodness me. And I f- do believe that's the only time they've met. Wow. There we go. Wow. That'd be great. First time in 31 years. I think that's my tie of the draw. I like your own encounter. Manchester City, I think, will be very pleased with that draw against Sporting. I think they'll have way too much for Sporting over the two legs. I think Sporting versus Juve could have been p- pretty interesting, actually. Mm, I agree. However, City versus Villarreal in the original draw as well, I think they would have been fine with that. I think City have lucked out, not lucked out, but, you know, done quite well. On both the the draw that never was, that was, right. and the draw that actually was, that is, 
And um Yeah, the one I think the real shame from this is that obviously we lost out on a couple of pretty interesting fixtures. But Benfica going to Ajax, well Benfica versus Ajax, I think is a potentially a mega, mega, mega fun draw. Oh, definitely oh, it's definitely fun. It's huge fun. It's huge fun, no question about that. I mean, I'm backing Ajax in it because yeah. of what we've seen from them. But Benfica will give you a chasing. They'll give you an absolute chasing. Um, and there'll be some really good football in that tie, I think. Um, th- these, both of these teams are what you might call the scorpion in the sock. Like, they can come at you over two legs and they can beat someone really sort of more fancied because I think a lot of people don't clock just how good these teams are. Um, so they're both dangerous. So in a way, it's funny. People might look at that draw and be like, I'm glad those two are playing each other. I'm glad they're not, one of them's going to knock each other out. I think yeah. if that makes sense. I think um, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Chelsea redrew, well, they got Lille again and I think Chelsea will have enough over the two legs to go through against Lille. It's just so funny they got Lille twice. Twice. Yeah, Lille, 11th in Liga. We say this quite a lot though, the how sometimes domestic form and European form doesn't quite marry up and some teams can really turn it on in Europe and even though they're struggling domestically, I just think over two legs, Chelsea are going to have way too much for Lille. Mm. Uh, we talked about Atleti, Manchester United. Viral Juve. I think Villarreal. That, I think Villarreal. This is- that is bad news for Juve. That's a horrible draw for Juventus. Do you think they would have taken the original one over this one? Do you think they yes, would have rather think, had Sporting as opposed to? I think they would have. I think they would have because. Do you think so? Yeah, because this team has chops. This team has real. Yeah, I mean, well, one no, well, Yeah, exactly. I know it's a different competition, but Emery loves the knockout format in Europe. He loves it, and they got a good look at United. They're carrying a bit of bad, sorry, a bit of bad blood because they didn't get the job done, and this is their chance. And weird enough, this is better. They'd probably rather face them. Than a different, I think the, the matchup with Juventus is good. It's really good for them because it will be a low-scoring tie. I might think I might. I can't see this being a high-scoring tie. No, me neither. Um, Villarreal have got strength in midfield and they've got decisive goal scorers. And a low-scoring tie, I back Villarreal actually. Do you? Yeah, I do. I do actually. I do. That's interesting. I think this is another one that's really close to call because, again, both teams not really doing much in their own domestic leagues this season. Mm. Having disappointing seasons on that front. Obviously, doing okay in the groups, did okay in the groups. Juve probably, I I imagine you'd think, were overperformed coming through top of that group. They probably didn't fancy going through top in a group with the European champions in it. Villarreal probably disappointed to go through second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's tricky. It's a tricky one for me. All right, Inter versus Liverpool we mentioned, but I think... Ooh. It's, I, still think, I still think Liverpool are going to go through here. Second, I, do, I do, I do, I do. I do. No, I think that there is a there is a gulf there. But, you know, Inter, I think, are over... Um, probably outperforming where a lot of people expected them to be this season, especially with some of the key departures and the departure of Antonio Conte last season and their much documented financial troubles where it looked like there was going to be a complete fire sale amongst that squad. They signed really well and they've replaced what they lost in quite a sensible way, especially for a temporary period, like a temporary period for, you know, like Edin Dzeko, for example, is is not going to be the future of that inter front line. But they found in him a really good partner for Lautaro Martinez in much of the same way that Romelu Lukaku was. Different yeah. players, obviously. But they they occupy they occupy a similar kind of um job, if you like, that allows Lautaro to still do his thing. And also Alexis Sanchez has been playing okay when he's come into the side this season. He has. He has. Um Inzaghi's done a really good job there. And while, while I don't think they've got enough over two legs against Liverpool, this could be one of those ones where Liverpool are behind after the first leg and pull it out at Anfield. It's that's, weird. That's because, what I reckon yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, for example, I think it could be potentially 
2-1, maybe even 3-2 or something like that to Inter after the first tie. There'll be goals there, I think. But but Liverpool run away with it at Anfield kind of thing. It feels like instinctively, and here I am doing tipster, it feels like peak Liverpool, if, if Liverpool bring their peak and Inter bring their peak, Inter, uh, Liverpool have that, not pedigree, they have that recent experience in Europe where they feel like they're slipping back into that kind of form again where they're like, they're just very dangerous in this tournament. Um, maybe even they're solid enough to feel like eventual winners, you know, very much strongly potential um, eventual winners. And I, I just feel like there's a slight, uh, that where they're both at peak, I still feel there's a bit of daylight between them and Inter. Mm-hmm. Not to say there won't be like you say. It's one of those ones, put it this way, if it ended up being 3-1 on aggregate, but the game was extremely close until the last 20 minutes of the second leg, I could see that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like again, you say pulling clear, that's how I feel about it as well instinctively, but yeah, we'll see. But it's going to be a hell of a tie. Uh, the final tie, obviously, as we mentioned, PSG against Real Madrid. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought actually, that, that yeah. Leo Messi will be, will be returning to the Bernabeu to face his old foes? In alliance with Sergio Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the thing. I think, I think it was Lee Roden saying uh, it's going to be interesting seeing a load of people rooting for plucky underdogs Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I think so much depends on personal. It's like rooting for Harrods or Macy's or something, isn't it? I mean, like, what are you, what, you know, what are you, yeah. Um, it's like, it's like the Mercedes and Red Bull battle in F1. Who yeah, yeah, it is. Who it is. I think so much of, uh, about this tie or the direction of this tie will depend entirely on who's available at the time, which sounds like the most lukewarm take of all time. But I think that the drop off in performance with both sides. So for example, I think Real Madrid have a very strong 11 when they're all there and fully fit and firing. When you lose one or two key players, for example, you lose Benzema and you lose, I don't know, Modric. Oh my God, Modric, the form he's in. Goodness. Yeah. All of a sudden, that Real Madrid side looks completely different. I think with PSG, it's a little bit different because we've mentioned this a few times this season, but they seem to be and I don't think this is the case 100% of the time, but I think in general, they seem to look a little bit more like an actual team when one of that superstar front three isn't there because I think that it allows a little bit more balance, especially in the moment, for example, with Neymar not there. I think Neymar so often operates in a very similar part of the pitch to where Messi is most effective and where Messi mm. was kind of operating at towards the latter stages of his Barca career. I think it stops Messi being in the places that you actually kind of want him to be at this stage of his career. Yeah. And with Neymar not, not there and Messi playing in those areas, you're, you've essentially got an upgrade. You've got a better, you've got someone the, who is yeah. better at that playing in those positions. And then you allow Di Maria yeah. to fill in in a, in a role that he's way more familiar with. With Di Maria, especially in Copa America, you see how he runs beyond Messi for the winner. And then you see Mbappe playing off Messi so well even at the weekend against Monaco and you see the, the understanding those two have where Messi's like, I don't have to be a volume scorer. I don't have to be a volume scorer. It's like, an, it's like the NBA when you have like a point guard who's used to scoring lots of points. Mm. But then when you get with like a shooting guard, you're like, oh, I can just supply this person. This yeah. is easy. I can just orchestrate. And those two actually, I think have hit up. It's good. That goal they got in the Champions League against Brugge, the one I mm. mentioned before, the crossfield pass by Mbappe to Messi that was interesting because that is when you're communicating with a player across that range, that's almost like a Danny Alves, Messi type thing. You know, mm. when, you're, when, you're, when you're able to find someone in space 40 yards away with a moment's glance, that's like court vision. Um, and that's also part of Mbappe's game, maybe that we're not seeing as fully because of the way that people defend against him, but which he's capable of, he's capable of building up from deep. So yeah, I think, I think PSG Madrid, also just in terms of the individual matchups like Alaba, David Alaba is going to be against Mbappe in that like inside right channel. That is mm. extremely tasty. Extremely tasty. You're going to have like Mbappe approaching Alaba like on his wrong foot. That's extremely interesting. Wow. I'm here for that. Unless they swap Militao and Alaba, which they won't. That's going to be extremely interesting. Mbappe crossing over David Alaba. I mean, you love to see it. Do you want to do predictions for this? 
Oshui. <laughs> yeah, in the previous podcast, which you will not hear, we did lots of spicy predictions. The spiciest ever, or not the spiciest, but really quite spicy. Um, do you want to do predictions for this? Shall we? The people, listen, sometimes you've got to give people what they want. The people want a bit of spice. <sighs> right. They may not want it, but they're going to get it. All right, come on let's then. Go through, let's, go let's, go it. It. let's go through it. Let's go through it. Let's do it. Let's do it very quickly. All yeah. right. Salzburg or Bayern? Bayern. I agree. We didn't talk about that enough, actually, but Salzburg have been very good at home. Um, really yeah, impressive. Well, I think that Salzburg will score in this tie. Mm. And they may even be they may even beat Bayern at home. But I think, again, over the two legs, I just think Bayern have got way too much. Way too much. Sporting Man City. Man City. I agree. Benfica Ajax. Ajax. I agree as well. Are we going to have, we had a couple of disagreements on the last one. We did. We did. Chelsea versus Lille. Chelsea. I agree, Musa. Isn't it great <laughs> when we all just get along? Solid takes. <laughs> all right, here we go. I think it's starting to get interesting now. Atleti versus Manchester United. Goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Oh, oh. Oh. Atleti Manchester United I think Atleti you know do you yes and it's weird because I thought Atleti would lose to Bayern but beat Manchester United and I thought that Manchester United would beat PSG it's all matchups it's all yeah. matchups I think that I think that Manchester United galvanise Atleti in a way that Bayern don't and I think that I think that Manchester United would have beaten PSG actually I think they would have beaten them with Ralph Rangnick having a few, a few more months to work with that team mm. but I think that there's something about I think that playing against English opposition, I think that he can summon the ghost of that second leg at Anfield. I think that that is very much his wheelhouse. I think this is, this is the bogeyman that Simeone wanted, I think. Yeah, this is what he wanted. Yeah, Bayern were almost too, too bogey-ish. Too bogey-ish, too known. Too big a bogey. <laughs> yeah, too big. And, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, I think this is very much Simeone's wheelhouse. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to go for Atleti. And I don't know why I feel that, like that because Atleti are a weird side this season. We're going to talk about yeah. the Madrid derby in a little bit and they've disappointed on a number of occasions this season. Yeah, they have. This isn't a side that's absolutely clicking. It's a side that isn't going to have this new manager impetus or you don't, you know what this side is really, if that makes sense. Or you know the, the full capabilities of this side at the moment because we've seen it recently. Hmm. And we, this is a manager that we know or we, who we know, uh, we know how he operates. With Rangnick at Manchester United, I don't think it's possible to fully see what Manchester United could become under him at this this year. Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure that there is enough there to go super deep, just because I think that it, whilst there are there is a bunch of talent at that Manchester United squad, like that Manchester United squad on pure talent is super super stacked. Mm. How it balances is the question, and that's what I'm a little bit on the fence about. But there's something about this tie, whilst I think probably Man United have the quality to get through it over two legs. Definitely have the quality, yeah. Yeah, they do, yeah. I mean, what is it going to be? February, mid-February, so you've got, a, it's only a couple of months. Uh, there's something about it that makes me think that Atleti is just going to drag this game down. With the, nothing to play to for the, in the league. Yeah. yeah. They might, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to win the league this season. No. They might not even be in the top four by then. Based on four, they're going to be very, very spiky by the time this tie comes around. Mm. That's why I think I think Atleti might, you know, like nick it at Old Trafford. But the thing is, the problem with that though, I'm kind of questioning my own logic because Atleti can't see out games like they used to. No, but they're going to go chaotic. They won't see it out. They'll go chaos ball, mm. like Porto. They'll do something chaotic, and then the other team will be like, "Oh, we can be chaotic too," and they're like, "Oh, not like that." <laughs> so they'll open up the chaos. United will try to follow the chaos and they'll be caught up in, it'd be like in the, in the wire. They'll be mm. caught up in a web. This is the reason why I always like hate doing predictions and stuff like this because I think there are so many variables at play. Yeah, they're super fun and I know that people do them all the time. <laughs> That's why I just leave in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I would be surprised if United cruised through, but I wouldn't be surprised to see United go through. No, no. Yeah. All right, Villarreal, Juve. Villarreal. I'm going to disagree here. That's a good shout. 
I think I've got to pick one dark horse. I've got to pick one dark horse. And I think that Villarreal in the matchup in the head to dead. I mean, I think it's one of those ones where you can just see Chiesa. Do you know what it is? Juventus, if Juventus go old school, if they go really old school, Benucci, Chiellini and Chiesa just take control of this, then it's a different level. Then, it's, then it, it is what it is. If that happens, and also here's the thing as well, the one thing in Juventus's favour, they gave Chiesa the keys to the attack. So by early in the year, when everyone's rested, everyone should be rested and fine again. Well, the main players hopefully rested or taken care of. And with Juve having not much to play for, they're not going to win the league again. They're not going to win the league. This will be their meal ticket, the Champions League. And we saw when Juve go old school, as they did in the Champions League uh, group stages, when they go old school, they're dangerous. Do I find really interesting? Both sides have conceded 17 goals in the league this season between these two. That's, that's why. Juve haven't played a game more. Awful defensive record for a team of Juve's quality. Mm. For what Juve... No, for what for what you expect them to be. No, come on. For what you expect Juve to be. Really super stingy with that, like, look, with the resources they have and that line only two, Only two sides have conceded fewer goals than Juve in Serie A this season, though. It's Juventus. Dude. This is a team. It's Juve. Yeah. This is a team that breaks out in a rash when they, have a, when they don't have a clean sheet. Yeah, true. The, this, these, these are centre-backs that take, that take clean sheets personally. Probably have a list of people that scored against them. And scowl at them. Oh, daddy, daddy, who's that? Why are you being mean to him? Why did he bump his car? Ah, oh, he scored against me four years ago in the Coppa Italia. That's how deep it is with them. All right, so we're going, I'm going for Juve in that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Inter versus Liverpool. Liverpool. I am going to go with you on that. I did like Duncan Alexander's tweet. I was why Liverpool couldn't draw VRL was because they were nicknamed after a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we kind of discussed why Very we think good. Liverpool might go through in this one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Even though we said, you know, I could, like I say, I could see Inter laying a, a glove on Liverpool, maybe scaring them in the first leg a little bit, but I just think Liverpool are going to have too much over these two legs. Yeah. All right, finally, PSG versus Real Madrid. Oh my goodness. Um, oh my goodness. I hadn't even thought about who's actually going to win this tie. So Real Madrid I, put them out last time in 20, what, 2018? Yeah, but that's not here nor there. This is a completely different configuration. This is completely different. I think that... Oh, gosh. Do you know, this is... Oh, this is so hard. I think that it's going to come out to the midfield. It will come down to the midfield, I think, and I think it's going to be Real. Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro, I think, will just stifle the life out. I think they will, they'll look at this and be like, we have to control the midfield. There's no way. If we allow these people to get anything in behind us, I think it's, I think it's Madrid. I just think they, their defence is actually fundamentally more solid, right? If you look at that, Militao, Alaba, Mendy in particular, um, that midfield three, Modric, and, and Carvajal, of course, is just so consistent. Kroos, Casemiro, Modric, that back seven is solid. And they'll, the way Modric is playing, pressing high up, pushing into the final third, I think it becomes a straight midfield dogfight with support from the defence and then what you can nick up front. I just think they've got the chops. Um, See, I actually think that this probably suits PSG a little bit more than it suits Real Madrid. Because I think Real Madrid really struggle... Well, they're, they're fine. like we said last week with, the, with that Ancelotti quote about not having the ball and not having the players to kind of um, to play like a high pressing thing. I think that will suit PSG. And I think PSG will be, PSG really struggle when they get turned around and running towards their own goal. And I don't think Real Madrid are going to do that to them. I think everything's going to be in front of PSG. You think Real, like, sit, Real will sit deep? Uh, Real will sit deep a lot more. Yeah, and I just don't think they have the speed on the counter compared to. I mean, they do it through some means. Like obviously, Vinicius Junior has been on amazing form this season, and I think that he could potentially do some damage. But I think Hakimi has enough. I think to cope with that 
It just depends uh, one, if he gets any help in front. Like, But if you have, for example, Di Maria playing, again, so much of this depends on personnel. For example, a Di Maria Hakimi right-hand side, I think can deal with that Real Madrid left-hand side mm. fairly well, actually. However, I do wonder whether Real Madrid's right-hand side has enough to cause PSG's left-hand side enough problems. And I think it probably does. I think if you're going to go at PSG, that's probably the side you want to target because Mbappe's defensive work isn't amazing. And I think that's their weak side that you, you can exploit defensively. But just the exploits you set with the speed. He's so... He's, he's one of those... He's a unicorn because he's so fast and he's, he moves so well across the line that he can destabilize you just by knowing he's there, knowing he's pressing high up, he's pushing high up. But, but um, also I think you have the return of a number of Real Madrid people who know the club pretty well. Like you've obviously got Ramos coming back. Ramos played under Ancelotti. You've got Di Maria coming back. He played under Ancelotti and you've got Hakimi who was at Real Madrid who, although he didn't get a run in, in the first team, he's been around the club and he kind of, they know, I think a lot of maybe players who return maybe don't fear it so much. No, 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 certainly. Um, so again, a lot depends on personnel, but I think you're going for Real Madrid. Yeah, and it's a weird one because you know what it is? PSG's highest, we saw when they beat City in the group stages, right? PSG have a level where they go to, where they can do anyone, they can turn anyone over, over two legs, the way that is so cohesive Real Madrid at this point. And the way that Modric is somehow looking like he's, almost late 20s at this point, um, especially in these big ties. Hey, you've, mm. you've, you've lo- you said he was playing like he was 30. That was now the old podcast. 20s. That was the old podcast. That was the, other, that was the previous episode. That was the, that was the last episode. That's not admissible, Your Honour. It's not admissible. This is new content. Sure this. Sure new content. That. New content. I'm <laughs> not sure about this, you know. I just think, yeah, just there's the streetwise nature of Real at this point. And the cast of players who they've assembled. I think they might be, I think in, in one thing, they might be short in the attacking sense. That's the one thing I think is correct. Like, like because the problem is at the moment, their front three, it, it feels like Benzema, well, Vinicius, Benzema and one other, mm. right? And I don't think they've nailed down who the third danger would be in that front three. And it's small margins, but you look at Aiden Hazard now. I mean, there's never been a better time for Aiden Hazard to find his form, but I think as a, I think that ship has kind of sailed, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for PSG. That's a good shout. Go. I like that. And also, we can disagree on something, which is good. There we All go. All right. So Musa says Bayern, Man City, Ajax, Chelsea, Atleti, Villarreal, Liverpool, Real Madrid, and I say Ryan says Bayern. <laughs> Ryan says Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Munich. Uh, Bayern, Man City, Ajax, Chelsea, Atleti, Juve, Liverpool, PSG. So we only disagree on. Two. Yeah. Same as last time, but different ones we had disagreed on. Should we move on to the Europa League? Let's do it. Some great draws in the Europa League. Sevilla versus Dinamo Zagreb, Atalanta versus Olympiacos, Leipzig versus Real Sociedad, Barcelona versus Napoli, Zenit St. Petersburg versus Real Betis, Borussia Dortmund versus Rangers, Sharif versus Braga, and Porto versus Lazio. What is your tie of the round? Zenit Betis. It's mine. For the quality of the football that Zenit played in the Champions League group stages, they were very impressive against Chelsea in particular. Really fun to watch. And Betis just surging at the moment. And with a really fun collection of players that kind of have, if a squad has ever ever had written over it, like if you could imagine like a pennant in years to come of like a Europa League final, you could so imagine Betis in the Europa League final. Oh yes, especially this season. They're uh, third in La Liga yeah, yeah. after yeah, yeah, yeah. beating Sociedad 4-0 at the weekend. Yeah, I think from a football point of view, that's my favourite tie of the draw. I think from a, just how good it looks on paper, having those two names against each other, Barcelona, Napoli, is yeah. just really lovely. Maradona, Derby. The food will be fantastic. The food will be incredible. Two wonderful cities, wonderful coastal cities. Do you know where else will be the, the food will be really good? Sevilla and Z- Dinamo Zagreb. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Zagreb has been a planned destination for a very, very long time. There's some great hey, Croatian spots. Great Croatian Porto spots. Porto Lazio as well for food. In Berlin. Porto Lazio. <gasps> wow, because there was Porto Roma great. before, wasn't there? Do you know what? Some someone great. at UEFA, I'm not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to football, but somebody who drew Porto against Roma in the Champions League really enjoyed 
the food and they've made that happen again. That's my conspiracy theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Somebody rigged Porto Lazio because they wanted to eat in Rome again. (laughs) (laughs) The Conference League draw was also done. Anything of note you want to touch on from that draw? I mean, obviously we don't know who's going to play Rapid Vienna out of Spurs and Vitesse Arnhem because of their postponement last week. I think Celtic Glimt is quite interesting seeing the experience that uh, that Glimt had against Roma. So I think Mm -hmm. they've been underrated by many people, probably including myself. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Nice. Shall we take a quick break and let's just do a quick roundup? Let's do it. All right, man, before we get on to some of the European stuff, let's have a quick shout for New York City FC winning their first MLS Cup, only keeping his word and stripping off and doing press-ups. Incredible, incredible scenes. They beat the Timbers on penalties. Uh, one of the Timbers fans threw a beer when the New York City FC players were celebrating the goal. It all got a little bit gnarly, but they overcame. And that is their first MLS Cup. Seven years after arriving on the scene, you know, in, with the glitz and glamour of Frank Lampard and Andrea Pirlo and David <laughs> Villa. <laughs> Legendary defending from Pirlo. <laughs> Uh, legend, yeah, man. Live your life with the energy of Andrea Pirlo defending a post from a corner <laughs> by leaning on it. <laughs> I know. Also, this weekend, Liga MX. Yes, first time that Atlas have won Liga MX since 1951. They beat Leon. So yeah, absolute scenes. Shout out to any Atlas fans and shout out to any New York City FC fans. Shout out to anyone that takes in that. Liga MX, but also finds time to like pick up football in so many other time zones. So that is a Trojan effort. That's a Trojan effort to be covering all of that. I mean, we definitely can't. Yeah, yeah. Much we could watch all of that football. Goodness. All right, let's go to Europe. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start Madrid Derby? Yes, I think we have to. Very quick. Madrid Derby, we have to. Yeah. Let's go Madrid Derby. Yeah. Oh boy. This was very disappointing from Atlantic point of view. Very well handled from a Real Madrid point of view, who who are now eight points clear at the top of La Liga. Uh, Sevilla are second, but have a game in hand. Benzema's goal was lovely, set up by Vinicius. That's becoming a nice little combination, that. Much like uh, the Sancho to Haaland of last season. Indeed. It was a lovely volley after about a quarter of an hour. But Atleti didn't really do much in this game. There was a 50-minute surge after half-time, coincided with the introduction of Joao Felix. And apart from that, it just felt like Real were just always forcing the issue. And when the final goal, when the decisive goal came from Marco Asensio, it was absolutely expected. Absolutely, as you you know, it was was very much like Real were just managing the game. There was some, there has been a couple of games at this actually when they played Atleti in the league. And I think there was one when, um, Zidane got a 3-0 win uh, when Zidane was there and they just really absolutely handled them and it, it didn't really feel like they'd come to force the issue at Atleti which was a bit of a, a disappointment I would say. Quite interesting that Atleti won the XG battle. Weird that because it didn't feel it's one of those ones where obviously the eye test is deceiving because watching the game I'm like Atleti may have had sort of bigger chances and spurts but in terms of the balance of the game it was overwhelmingly with Madrid. Madrid just yeah. seemed to have the ball when they wanted it. I mean, they had way more of the ball, but they only had three shots on target Real Madrid. Mm. Atleti had six, nine shots in total to Real Madrid's seven. So they compressed the space pretty well, Atleti, obviously, in key areas. Mm. But just in terms of the way the game felt, it just felt like the old cliche about the extra gear. It always felt like they had the extra gear. Yeah, uh, Real Madrid in command at the top of La Liga. I think Betis's win over Real Sociedad was probably more of a kind of like, oh, okay. That was a huge result because Sociedad had been creeping up on the outside rail for a few weeks now and slightly unheralded. But Betis, after losing, after losing that derby, shout out to them because they really bounced back, in the league at least, really impressively. I mean, Sociedad have had three, three straight defeats in the league. Betis, four straight wins. But I think... But, but, the, but the nature of the before nature... Before that, Real Sociedad were like kind of... Obviously, they, they went top for a while and it was a really amazing story, especially like Imanol is doing an amazing job there overall. Yeah. I think to get the last few weeks, water. yeah, I mean, that's super disappointing. Yeah, yeah. But Betis have been quietly putting together like a tidy run of form since they had a bit of a wobble. And um, the fact that they're third 
only a point behind Sevilla. Like we say, Sevilla have got a game in hand, but still they've they've opened up a four point gap on Atleti now, but better. So they are they've got a cushion, mm. a four point lead on Real Sociedad as well, who are fifth. And it's just absolutely amazing the top of La Liga, especially when you see like Rao in sixth in a European spot at the moment. We see Barca drawing with Osasuna and, and a, a eighth overtaken by uh, Valencia this weekend. Real Madrid look like they're going to win the league. Mm. But the rest of the top four is completely up for grabs. Very much so. And it's really interesting to see, or it's really encouraging to see a team like Betis really making a charge for it and taking advantage of the chaos. Perfect year to do that. Yep, absolutely. Because those teams keep advancing their case, like Sevilla. Sevilla look quite robust. Mm. They may have a misadventure in the Champions League. Like just when you think teams are actually finding identity or finding form, they mm. subside again. And also the fact as well, I think the Barcelona bump, I think the, the Barcelona bump, you know, the arrival of Xavi, I think Xavi actually very quickly has realised the extent of the recruitment that needs to be done, the amount of work. Xavi is like, we're going to need a preseason. We'll need an off-season and a preseason to get this yeah. anywhere in shape because there are just so many ill-fitting pieces. I mean, I know they lost this weekend, but if, if Barcelona aren't careful, they could be on the end of a hiding against Napoli. In that, We said this before, the absence from the Champions League actually was merciful. It is merciful and a run in the Europa League could be quite fun for them, especially for the younger players. And it, it, But maybe it'll give them a chance to rotate if, for example, they're only five points off Atleti. Mm. Stepping back, you'd say that the league is still their best opportunity to qualify for the Champions League next season. But they're going to have to start putting together results. They don't really have much more wiggle room. I think in the Europa League, there are just too many good sides in that Europa League, I think, for Barcelona to go deep. I agree. It's good to say, ah, because Inter are top. They've won five straight. Atalanta have won six straight. Napoli losing to Empoli. Huge result. Yeah, the biggest by some margin, I would say, in Serie A. And this is the thing, Napoli in a bit of trouble now. Um, mm. I say trouble, they're four points off the lead. But in terms of momentum, that's been decisively stopped. They've lost crucial games. They've lost, um, as they were, so the cliche goes, six pointers. They've lost against Inter. They've lost against Atalanta. And now they've lost to like one of the most impressive sort of mid-table sides in Serie A, Empoli who've been pressing with real intensity, attacking really well. They're one of those teams that I've said before, kind of keep you honest, really. Um, they always give you a stern examination. And even when they lose, they always do quite interesting, quite impressive things. And this is huge for them. Catrone with a very fortunate winner. Um, the ball came off the back of his head at a corner, which he knew little about, um, and they got a late winner. But in terms of their resilience and compressing the spaces, they were good value for it. And they, they actually basically limited Napoli to quite a few long shots. Not that mm. Napoli can't shoot from distance. They've got Politano, Zielinski, very, very good from distance and Mertens as well, Insigne. But the loss, the absence of Victor Osimhen through injury is, is a real problem for them. Um, it was a worry when he first went out with injury and we saw them cover pretty well for him in the immediate game after that. But I think in subsequent games is the cutting edge that you need. Um, he doesn't necessarily score in huge volume, Osimhen but his movement drags players out of position really well to yeah. allow other, other attackers to thrive. I know you said that Napoli had quite a few long shots, but they did create quite a lot. They did create a lot, but um, Empoli were quite good at compressing space. They were really quite, it was like the Reading-Chelsea thing where Reading-Chelsea in the WSL, mm. Chelsea had like 30 odd efforts, right? They had a huge amount of efforts, but they were really good at compressing space um, directly in front of goal. And I wonder if, this is always my bias towards strikers, right? It was like when I watched Man City Wolves in the Premier League and I'm like, oh, like it was only 1-0 with a goal from a penalty. And there's always in my head, what would a Harry Kane do in that situation? Like mm. what would an actual conventional nine, you know, whose real obsession is the penalty box do in that situation? And I know that sounds very old school and reductive, but I think it is still a factor in the tight games. Yeah, I mean, the, the results this weekend were really interesting, Serie A. Juve drawing away at Venezia, Milan drawing away at Udinese, Fiorentina beating Salernitana 4-0 in the Franck Ribery dar derby. Uh, Dusan Vlaovic got another brace. He's been mm. an absolute fire this season. Yeah. But also, Atalanta beating Verona. Uh, Sass beating Lazio is really is a really interesting Yeah, really good one for them. Yeah. Also, Inter completely putting away Cagliari, which you'd kind of expect them to do. You know, Cagliari are in the bottom too. But Inter, top, only losing one game this season. Milan are now second after their late equaliser from Zlatan salvaged a point. Atalanta third, 
Three points behind Inter and Napoli now are fourth, four points behind. But Fiorentina are creeping up there as well. Fiorentina into fifth now, overtook Juve. Uh, Serie A is wild this season. Yep, yep. Very goodly. Very, very quickly to the Bundesliga. Bayern beat Mainz 2-1 after being a goal down and they have extended their lead at the top of the Bundesliga to six points because Dortmund drew away at Bochum. Freiburg, poor Freiburg, man. Although fans of... Uh, our American fans would be happy to hear. Chris Richards got a 94th, 94th minute equaliser for Hoffenheim to beat Freiburg 2-1 at Freiburg. Uh, he had to beat Armenia Bielefeld. RB Leipzig beat Gladbach. Domenico Tedesco's RB Leipzig. Gladbach, that is 14 goals conceded in three games in the league now. Like I said, it's, it's wild because Jan Sommer's now getting adventurous and wandering off his line. Um mm. And Stuttgart got a good result away at Wolfsburg. Can I just say, I really liked that appointment and I still do. Tedesco? Um, No, Adi Hutter at Gladbach. I just don't understand what's going wrong there. I don't understand it. Well, I mean, a lot of that last season's top six have been all over the place. Like if you think Eintracht have been up and down, Gladbach have been up and down, Mm. Leipzig, Leipzig have been up and down, Wolfsburg have been up and then down. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, lot of flux, the, whole, yeah. the entire top six changed their managers. Some of them have changed their managers again. Mm. It was quite chaotic, the Bundesliga this season. Apart from, yeah. I think Bayern being out in front and everyone kind of just rolling their eyes and being like, here we go again, I think has taken the attention away from quite a lot of chaos in the league. Yeah. I mean, Eintracht, speaking of Eintracht, they beat Leverkusen 5-2 on the weekend. You know, but then <laughs> if you think about their, their previous results, you know, they beat... Uh, they lost in Hoffenheim. They beat Union. They beat Freiburg. They're actually on a putting together a pretty decent run of form at the moment. Eintracht, but before that, you know, they they like lost at home to Hertha earlier on in the season. Beat Bayern the week before in the league. You know what it is, Musa? It's quite catfishy. <laughs> it is. That it is. But a quick shout to Greuterfurt, who got their first win of the season. They beat Union one 0 at home. Uh, there's a midweek round of Bundesliga games this week, so we will touch on those. Do you want to wrap with anything from the Premier League? Anything of note? Shout out to Antonio Rudiger for, uh, yeah. let's say, inviting an injury time penalty. <laughs> oh, that was a clear, that's a clear penalty. That's a clear. Went through the back of him. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a penalty as well, but I think the aftermath yeah. it made, it was a lot more debate around this than I thought. It's, he just goes through the back of him. To me, it was just mm. clear. A tired tackle, as they and call then it. engaging in a brawl at full time. Thomas Tuckle looking on, being like, mm. I saw nothing. I saw mm. nothing. Um, very good for Chelsea good over an impressive Leeds. It was a good game, this. Yeah. Funny how quite a few games were decided by penalties, actually, this time around. Um, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester Liverpool. United, Man City. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's not often you get that, actually. Um, I mean, four big, yeah. well, four, four big teams winning um, penalties. Quick shout out to Leicester because there was some really impressive attacking play. I know mm. that Newcastle aren't the best of form, but Patson Dyker, James Madison and Yuri Tielemans look really good against them. Really classy. Um, nice fluid movement. And a nice win for Arsenal, of course, against Southampton. We'll touch on the rest of the Premier League stuff maybe on Wrighty's House if there's anything to go into. But yeah, but I'm very happy watching Arsenal. It's been a while since I've seen Arsenal play like that. Score goals like that. It was fun. Quite soothing, quite routine, playing out from the back very nicely. Nice finishing. Variety of goals. Not so wild about the Aubameyang stuff at the moment, to be honest. I've, my initial feeling was that that didn't need to be made public. Yeah, we shouldn't know about that stuff. Should, are we good? Should we get out of here? Let's do it. Let's get out. Let's bounce. Oh, let's get out of this re-record before they realise that they need to redo the draw again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, I thought the chat, I thought, well, there were some rumours going around that they, they, that, uh, they messed up the draw a second time. No. But it turned out they couldn't do because it was something because VA Rao weren't in, included in one of the draws, but it was because Inter it would have affected Inter's draw. Inter had to play someone else. Because so no, it was okay. all. I'm not sure if that's true, but there's one rumor that's definitely true that I have confirmation on. They, so UEFA basically, because they were so shook by this draw, they simulated the Champions draw another million times. And in every single one of those draws, Chelsea drew Lille. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Listen, you heard that first in the Stadio podcast. Truth out, people. Wake up, people. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny though, like in a million universes, in the multiverse, yeah. every single one, Chelsea play Lille. I don't want to go all Tiger King, but... 
I'm never going to fucking recover from this. Um, all right, but, uh, that's kind of. I'm I'm shook now. It's blown your mind. That's what's sorry for the poor listener. Going, wow, Moose has got exclusive content. Don't for feel us. sorry like, for the poor that's... listener. Feel sorry for me, everyone. Feel sorry for me. <laughs> I hope everyone's staying safe and well. Obviously, getting vaccinated if you can, getting that boost if you can. Uh, exactly. We didn't mention it at the top of the show, but if anyone in the states is affected by those horrible tornadoes that happened over the weekend, awful. Uh, sending out love and um, yeah, it looked horrible. So thoughts with anyone affected by that. Don't forget to check Wrighty's house on Wednesday. Flo and I will be joining Wrighty. Got lots to talk about. Don't forget to check theringer.com forward slash soccer, stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, sign up for our newsletter if you like, and search for Stadio Outros on Spotify for our outros playlist of all the music we play out on. Speaking of which, we're playing out this episode on Dub Oven by Dub Oven. And I think that is everything from me, Musa. All good. That's all for me too. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Much love, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. Stay safe and well. We'll see you then. See you then. Let's dig a deeper hole in a darker place. Call up the natives. Make up a race. There's a closing circle cut into smaller pieces. We're building with these pieces, but leaving lots of spaces. Without